This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Hot Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio Alright ladies and gentlemen around the Delaware Valley, welcome to the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm sitting in the driver's seat for Krause tonight. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, certainly we've got a great show. Uh, this is a Boilermakers special. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, you're going to hear the term uh, refuel uh, RFS. Okay, and and that's the renewable fuel standard. And if you think it's hard to say, uh, you know, it's an incredibly complicated uh, subject that, by the way, will impact every one of us here in the United States. Uh, if there, if 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 the situation at hand uh, is is not rectified, and we're going to get all into that. Uh, we certainly have got a great show. Uh, John Bland, business manager of the Boilermakers Local 13, is is my co-host tonight. Uh, U.S. Senator Chris Coons from Delaware is uh, going to be on at the midway point of the show, and and Dave. Boban, uh, General Foreman Superintendent at PBF uh, Delaware City Refinery, who's also a member of Boilermakers Local 13, will also be joining us uh, at the bottom of the hour. So we've got a fantastic show. Uh, it's the time of year uh, to be thankful, uh, especially our union community for our union wages, our jobs, our standards, our leadership, uh, who have done a great, great job with us. Uh, and, and, and providing the, the standards and, and the benefits and, and the wages that we have. I say it every year, and I'll say it again uh, throughout this show, being in a union is the difference between having a job and a career. And uh, what, what makes us stand apart here in, uh, in the Delaware Valley is the, is the great leadership we have. We're doing that at the, the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame. Uh, that's a massive honor that we're, that we're celebrating on a monthly basis uh, Wendell Young III was our recent uh, honoree, unbelievable human being, uh, 43 years uh, as, as a labor leader, UFCW 1776, Sam Staten, senior, legendary labor leader, first inductee, uh, you know, certainly uh, at Laborers Local 332, uh, uh, massive in, in, in politics, and, and, and these are the pioneers that, that um, have have create our union community what it is and our and our standards and certainly we're going to honor uh, another a legend of labor hall of fame uh, honoree inductee every month so we're ecstatic about that um one of those individuals we're going to be shouting out uh, and we're going to be honoring and it, this you know we're going to that the announcement will come down the road uh is pat eiding 
Uh, he's retiring on uh, and the president of the AFL-CIO is retiring on December 31st. He, uh, you know, his uh, induction will be, I'm sure, several months down the road. But um, when I say that the, the, when you talk about a legend of labor, okay, and and somebody who is so such a special person, his leadership has done so much for us. Uh, I can't even say it. So Pat Iding of, of the AFL-CIO, we're going to have a show. We're going to do a show with Pat before he, before he leaves. But we love him. We can't thank him enough for everything he's done. He balances everything. There's, there's simply nobody like him. So we're going we're, we're gonna to be doing a show. And, of course, down the road, that Legends of Labor Hall of Fame is a foregone conclusion there. And one more thing before we uh, bring John Blandin. Um, you're sitting here in the studio and the Army-Navy game's on. It's such a, uh, you know, an amazing experience, spectacle, if you will, uh, watching uh, our, you know, individuals that are going to be fighting for our country, uh, duke it out on, on, on the field of sports. The only problem with this game is someone's got to, uh, you know, lose because nobody's a loser here. I, I you know, I don't, when, they say, when, when you run into people in a restaurant, we were there last night, it was a bunch of Army people, and you're, it's awesome. And then, of course, Navy walking up the street, that's awesome. So we want to thank them for everything they're, they're doing. Uh, and 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 uh, wish them luck in, in in the game. Hope it's a tie. And of course, we 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 thank them and and everybody who serves for what they're going to do. So appreciate that. And want to bring into the program uh, John Bland, business manager, Boilermakers Local Thirteen. John, how are you? I'm doing really good, Joe. Hey, and thank you once again. Always appreciate being on the show. And I got to thank uh, Dave Bowman and Senator Coons, who will be joining us later on. Dave Bowman's been general foreman. Uh, superintendent uh, for many of the refineries uh, throughout the Northeast. He's always been, a, like I said, grand, good friend, and he's he's done a lot of good work down at these places, maintaining these facilities, getting them back up and running, getting them on, you know, on time, under budget. So can't thank him enough. And Senator Coons has been nothing more than a champion for everything that he's done for Delaware. And, and fighting for these refiners is more than Delaware. We're fighting for the Delaware Valley. We're fighting for our labor future here. Absolutely. I, so I can't. Oh, I, and, and I'm excited. I had, had the pleasure. I just got off the phone with Dave. Awesome guy. And, uh, you know, it's where the rubber meets the road, man. People are going to get a chance to meet him and, and uh, can't wait for that. And, of course, like you said, uh, Senator Coons, uh, big champion of the working uh, people and, and uh, going to have a great segment there. Um, John, you know, when I started the, uh, you know, and opened up the broadcast, uh, you know, the topic that we're, we're, we're going to be talking about tonight um, is something that a lot of people uh, don't know what it is, uh, the renewable fuel standard. Now, the discussion we're going to have is going to be related to an announcement by, that, that happened by the EPA uh, from on, on uh, December 1st, that, and it's, it's a proposal. That was just announced by the EPA on, on December 1st that if passed in June, and it's related to the R, the RFS, the Renewable Fuel Standard, um, it will jeopardize countless jobs, industries, employers. It'll maintain increased fuel prices at the pump for our consumers, and it may even have national security implications if it's fixed. So this is really serious. Brendan Williams of, 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 of PBA, PBF Energy his quote was, the new EPA proposed three-year RFS rule is a disaster. If, it, if it's, if it's, if it's uh, passed in June, um, it has unbelievable implications. So uh, 
if you will, first off, what is the renewable fuel standard? Uh, well, like you said, Joe, it's, it is very complex. And uh, the renewable fuel standard basically started in uh, 2007. And before that, Congress, everybody thought uh, the intention, they thought we were going to be running out of uh, gasoline. They thought we were going to be running out of crude product. Uh, so they come up with a program with the RFS, and they, they, they come up with a way that they were going to blend ethanol. That's uh, ethanol into your gasoline mix. And everybody knows who has cars and has lawnmowers. Sooner or later, you got problems with this uh, ethanol just laying in your gas tanks and destroying your engines. Well, anyway, uh, like I said, that, the, the one problem was uh, thought we were going to run out of uh crude oil the other one was we want to be more dependent and get away from saudi arabia crude well it turns out after the years that that's not the case we have more than enough product so you know when they come up with this program and uh they roll out the rvo now the rvo is what they do every year and the the the, the who sets the rvo is your epa and the administration the rvo is your renewable volume obligation and that is basically how much ethanol has got to be blended into the, the fuel supply? And, you know, it used to be not that bad of a price in the beginning, but all of a sudden <coughs> they keep demanding more ethanol be blended, blended into the supply chain. So what that does is, like, example, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was said around 13.7 billion gallons. You you can, can you got that. I mean, you have enough product. Okay, you're going to consume that much ethanol. But the, re, the, the EPA, it's so advantageous they keep driving up the RVO obligation. Uh, 2022, they said it over or just at 15 billion gallons ethanol blend. There's not enough blending capacity. You're over the blend wall. So what happens is uh, these refiners that don't blend, they basically have to purchase RINs, a renewable identification number, to make up the difference that the obligation is being met. The problem with the whole program is when it started out with the good intentions, they they said, okay, well, where does the obligation go? Well, they should have put it on the blenders where it's actually being blended, but they didn't do that. They threw it on the refineries. The problem with that is you have a lot of many a lot of refineries that don't have blending. They don't have. They don't blend the ethanol, so they basically have to take their product, go to the blenders. Now they're at the blenders. That's where they have to purchase or get the credit sooner or later to pay off for the RINs, the renewable identification numbers. Yeah, and so, so yeah, and, and 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 so having said that, they're, they're, the individuals, the independent refiners that are paying for this, they're not the ones blending it. So. No. It's it, it's a very complicated and and um, and con- a confusing situation. Which, by the way, a lot of energy, uh, you know, topics are complicated. We're trying to put them in, in 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 a kind of format that that everybody can understand. When we get when we come back from the break, we'll talk about what happened on December first that has made this situation a proposal a devastating situation potentially. We'll have more from the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause after the break. 
Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. In the driver's seat for, for Krause, this is J. Doc. Uh, we're talking renewable fuel standard. Okay, if that sounds like gibberish to you and you've never heard it, join the club. Uh, but I will tell you this, it, it's something that impacts our, our fuel pump. It, 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 it's something that, that, that impacts our jobs and a lot of what's going on uh, in energy today. And I'm happy to uh, have on the program John Bland, business manager of Boilermakers Local 13. Uh, John, uh, you, you, we talked about, obviously, what, what the, uh, the RFS is. Okay. Um, what happened on December 1st with this uh, EPA uh, proposal that, as, as uh, Brendan Williams said, of PBF uh, Energy uh, is so devastating? Well, like I said, first of all, everybody thinks all the refineries are making billions and billions of dollars. Uh, you know, let's segue back to COVID and everything. PBF Refinery took out a billion-dollar loan. I mean, they were just starting to get back on their feet. And when, when they just rolled out this new RVO proposal on December 1st, they rolled it out at 15.25 billion gallons of ethanol blend into the fuel supply. So basically what you're looking at is well over, you're, you're over a billion gallons over the, the blend wall. So more, what that does is drives, drives up the rings prices. Every time you go way above the blend wall, these merchant refineries have to pay higher increases on the, the RINs or noble identification numbers. So it, it basically affects everybody because, like you said, the consumers have to eat some of these costs also. And, and, go somewhere. and it's a three-year standard, right? In other words, normally it's an this, annual... Yes, uh, go ahead, is, John. you're correct. This is a this is a proposal. This it, the program is sunsetting. So in 2023, everything's turned over to the EPA, where they can make rules, regulations, modifications, changes. And this is the time to be aggressive and and, and question the EPA. There's going to be comment, public comment coming up. This is the time to do it. They're setting this at five, 15.25 billion gallons which is unsustainable when your gasoline consumption is basically supposed to be going down. You've got more electric cars on the road. Uh, other things are happening right now. So why are they keep this program going up? It's just killing our refining industry in the United States. Well, having said that, like we, we, we said, normally it's a year and they can update it a year later, but this is a three-year situation, and, which adds to the devastation, right? You're 100% right. I mean, you take a look at the RVO, the, I mean, the RFS program since it started. Over the last 10 years, how many refineries have went out of business just because of this program? Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it all the way up and down the river. Yeah. You know? Well, let me just ask. When, 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 when the program started, the rinse prices were like $0.06, cents, right? Yes. Per gallon. Yes. Okay. Now, right. do you know what they are now? Right now They're like a, a buck something? There, I think right now I think they're close to a dollar eighty a rent. So that's every gallon of gas these merchant refineries have to they produce. They have to pay a dollar eighty on the rinds. And if and, this proposal, you know, if the, if this proposal comes through, 
um, it goes up and up and up, correct? Well, like I said, I think their their proposal is locking in 15.25 for three years. I'm not sure if it's really going to change, but this is just a proposal, proposal and that's why we want to get as many public comments in as possible. Now, yeah. let me tell you something, Joe. I got to thank, like I said, Senator Coons for being on the call tonight. Yeah, uh, I've been following these RFS problems over the last few years, and over the last year or so, we've met with many rep- many representatives. Secretary of Labor, Marty Welsh, uh, Secretary of Energy. We've met with all representatives in Delaware. Uh, Senator Casey, Senator Coons, they all know this is a major risk issue. Another champion of this is Senator, uh, Congressman Norcross. Yep. He sees a devastation of what's going on. And like I said, right now, we're if this keeps going the way it's going, we're just going to lose more refining on, on the East Coast. Absolutely. And, you know, the other, you're you're going to fill that void with European product. Absolutely. And, and, and what will this do to, to potentially do to jobs, John? Uh, if, 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 uh, if this, how will it impact our union jobs, including the boilermakers, if by, if for, by chance uh, the proposal goes through in June? If this proposal goes through in June, uh, like I said, it's going to be, uh, if it's going, what, it, what I'm saying is if it's going to be a, a good proposal or a better? If it stays the way it is, yeah. it's not going to be good at all because, you know, you're going to be hurting the refineries we have right here. And some of these refineries, everybody wants to talk about the environment. These refineries want to build uh, for a better future. Monroe Energy, they have plans for, I think, in the end of 2014 for a renewable unit. So if they're paying these high rings, RFS costs, they're not going to be able to build for the future. Right. And, and you had mentioned, if if by chance, and obviously the Senate, Senator Coons and and and, and the uh, additional political leaders who have, who have signed on to the legislation, if they can obviously get that through, and it turns out good, uh, talk about the positive impact, of, uh, especially uh, when it comes to the Paulsboro refinery uh, and other refineries. Okay, no problem. I mean, like I said, the positive is, you know, like I said, we're, we're not asking for much. I mean, we're not asking for the program to, to, to go away. We're just asking to be on a level, level playing field. You know, if, if this program was on a level playing field, my guys at Delaware City, the Boilermakers at Delaware City, not just us, all the other trades, we've been taking the sacrifice for many years. That refinery hasn't been making money that often. Very often have they been making money year after year. And you know, it's, there's a missing took homer. A pay cut down there, Joe. Yeah, and like I said, we were at ninety percent for years. Guarantee that if this program was fixed, these guys and our guys would be making a hundred percent. That would be more, more tax break, more more tax for the state of Delaware, more people yeah. to work. Uh, the other one too is uh, you mentioned our Paulsburg Refinery. Paulsburg Refinery right now is not running at full capacity. The problem is the RVO is too high, so that more or less means they would have to pay a lot more money. So they're watching how much product they put out. And here we are with with gas shortages. That refinery would be running 100% right now, putting more people to work. Right. Now, let me say this. Uh, we talked about the consumer impact. This is adding 20 to 30 cents per gallon at the pump, right? I mean, the consumers are feeling this. Yes, they are, and they don't even know it. Yeah, that's what Everybody I mean. sees it. You, you talk about this situation, and um, now the, the, 
we, we've also talked about, and by the way, this is a conversation we've had on our labor and energy show, uh, you know, just recently. Uh, and so uh, right after the, uh, the proposal, the, the EPA RFS uh, proposal came about. But one of the things we talked about in large part due to this program, some refineries across the country have closed. Okay, you mentioned that, but also been replaced with renewable diesel plants. The problem is these facilities make 70% less fuel with 10% of the workforce. John, what happens if, 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 if that's the case here on the East Coast? What would be the impact on labor and our, and our uh, communities? Uh, like you said, Joe, <laughs> right now, uh, w- with that, you're going to see more closures. You would definitely see things slow down. If more refineries keep closing with diesel in- inventories already at a record low, and Amer- Americans could fa- face a heating oil supply crisis this winter. I mean, costs are going to be going up, and it's going going to create more to this, what's name, higher inflation. So nothing's going to be getting easier. This has to be fixed. And like I said, this is the first time since the program has started where where we can make changes right now. Absolutely. Well, listen, hold that thought. Uh, we're going to have more from the Labor and, the labor Show with J-Doc and Krause when we come back. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. This is J. Doc in the driver's seat for Krause. Uh, certainly... Uh, Great show. By the way, I talked at the, at the beginning of the show. I, I mentioned that I, I would always, you know, pull for both Army and Navy to, to you know, to tie. Uh, and, and they are tied right now in overtime. So uh, how about that? Having said that, we're little little change of plans. We're going to have uh, Senator Chris Coons come on in the last segment. Uh, and uh, we're happy to have on right now from the Boilermakers Union, Dave Bobin who's a general foreman and superintendent at the PBF uh, Delaware City Refinery and also a member of Boilermakers Local 13. Dave, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Joe. It's great, to have, it's, it's great to have you on the broadcast. We have your business manager, John Bland, on also. Uh, and, and by the way, John, you had some great things to say about Dave um, and, and – uh, and certainly, you know, the great job that he's, he does down there at, at, at the refinery. Definitely. He's always been a trooper. And, 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 and so having said that, uh, Dave, if you would tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, obviously what you do down at the refinery and the type of work you guys do down there. Yep. All right. So, uh, so I'm a Boilermaker. I've been a Boilermaker for about 34 years. Uh, I'm fortunate to live right here in the state of Delaware and only have to travel eight miles to go to work. Uh, but like I said, I'm a boilermaker. We work down there at the Delaware City Refinery. Uh, typically, we'll just work on a, the, the exchangers, any reactor or a drum that comes up. And, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate to, to have a job there at Delaware City and, yep, be able to go to work every day at Delaware City just eight miles from home. Now, having said that, how many uh, men and women work there that are members of Bore makers local thirteen that work there with, uh, with you guys. So so right now uh, we're we're just in a routine maintenance, uh, getting ready for a turnaround that's coming up in April. But right now we got about thirty guys there. We got a couple guys on nights uh, working day shift. Actually hired a couple guys uh, to to do some pre turnaround work. 
which will start in April. But like I said, we're we're building up for that. So right now we have about thirty boilermakers, but uh, there's many other craft that are working there as well. But and, the and, and when, when there's a shutdown, how 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 many can you get down there? So on a turnaround, we typically, uh, like I said, a coker's coming down here in April. We'll have at least 100, 120 just with the company I work for. And uh, there, there's going to be other contractors there as well to have boilermakers. But uh, we'll have at least 100 a shift, I'm sure, uh, with, with the company or contractor I work for and, at and how, City. And how long can a shutdown last? Uh, typically, they're scheduled for about 20 to 40 days. This one's a big one. It, it, it they. They they, we, they usually go a little bit longer. They don't always go as scheduled uh, because once we get into it, like I said, there may be more work. So yeah, it's at least uh, it's at least two months of work coming up here. That's going to be you know around the clock seven days a week. And John Bland, if if you will uh, talk about how important the uh, that you know the refinery is to you know to Boilermakers Local thirteen. Oh, they're all, all they're extremely important, Joe. And, uh, you know, this coke ravage right now, uh, I've, I've been doing the coke, I've been on the coke ravages down there since uh, my first one, I think it was in 1987, around that time frame, something like that. And um, we usually get about 350 to 400 guys down there for an outage. And that's putting a lot of food on the, t- on the table. Um, guys are making money, and, uh, and it's basically good for the community, too. We're not getting imported products, so what you're doing is creating good, clean jobs, and you're create, creating good, clean product at home, so you're not transporting that product, which is more of an environmental problem. You, you, you see what happened at Sun Philly Refinery. We lost that refinery. Everybody lost hundreds of thousands of man hours, hundreds yeah. of jobs. Upstream and downstream, not just the boilermakers, not the trades, even the vendors, the, the, what's in the, the restaurants, everybody loses. And let me ask Dave, um, we, 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 John and I, we really became acquainted around what, what happened to, to PES in Philly. Uh, when you see like something, something like that happen, uh, and, and it certainly was confusing, one, one unit down out of 33, um, how does that make you feel? Does it give Does it give you concern? Obviously, when something like that can happen, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, it, 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 absolutely, it does because uh, there's only a handful of refineries here in the East Coast here, and when they shut that one down, that was you know Sun Oil. That was their their, their crown jewel up there. That you know they did they didn't do any. Uh, they did all the refining there at the Delaware or there in Philadelphia, and they shut the one down in Marcus Hook as well. So yeah, like I said, it's 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 one of those things. It's been there for a hundred years, and all of a sudden now it's shut down. We never thought anything like that could happen, but yeah, it's 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 evident that yeah, that no matter how big they are and how long they've been around, yeah, at a stroke right. of a, a pen, shut down. Absolutely, and and how big a priority is is uh, safety uh, in in regards to you know the workforce there at, at the refinery, Dave. Yeah, safety is always, like I said, number one because, yeah, it, it, it wasn't that way when me and John got started, I know, and not that everybody didn't try to work hard or safe, but, yeah, nowadays you got to get permits to do anything. Oh, yeah. Before anything can train, it's, it's got to be, you know, it's, it's yeah, everything is safety. We start the day off every day with a safety message, and then we have to have a meeting, you know, at least once a week. So, yeah, safety is, is, is the number one priority for, for anything, that's for sure. 
And, and, and having said that, these jobs, and you would mention how fortunate you are, obviously, to have, have worked at the, at the Delaware City Refinery for the length of time that, that, that you've worked there, uh, family-sustaining, high-wage jobs. Um, and having said that, they're union jobs. And I said at the beginning of the program, Dave, that the difference between being in a union and not being in the union is the difference between having a simple job and a career. And when I was reading your your bio, you talked about your career. And, you know, it, 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 talk about the benefits of being in the union uh, and, and, and having that career, what it means to you and your family. So, yeah, like I said, I was fortunate enough to get in the, the union like 34 years ago or whatever. But even nowadays, uh, the, the building trades and, the, and the, the union crafts are the only ones that we have an annuity, and we also have a pension, and and the pensions are are just something that's of the past. It's the, the, even nowadays you start at a one of the utility companies around here, uh, and and they they've eliminated that and went to just a four hundred one k. So we're we have a like I said we have an annuity, we have a pension, we have a, a savings or a, a vacation fund. We call it. We get Christmas time. We got a couple weeks ago that makes Christmas better for everybody. That's for sure. Guarantee of that. Uh, but yeah, with, without the union. Yeah, none of that would be sustainable for sure. There's no not, way, right? Not to mention the healthcare benefits, right? I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's 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 something that is that 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 makes it, it makes all the difference. Let me just ask you one final question before we go. Uh, you're you're hearing everything that's going on with the renewable fuel standard and and, and the proposal with the EPA. Um, what happens if 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 that gets passed? Um, what is the you know? What could possibly happen to the workforce that you're referring to uh, that you work with every day? Yeah, there's there's no way that the uh, the refinery that I work with, Delaware City, the Merchant Marine refineries, there's no way that they can survive. It's just impossible. You know, the information is they're they're spending more on that than anything else. They five times what they're paying everybody, the contractors and and everybody else is what they're spending. Uh, and and they're spending the money. They're sending it to their competitors. They're sending it to the big companies uh, that that uh, they all need money and they all deserve to make money. But yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense that you know they have to send this money to a, another to their competition, which is so much greater and bigger than they are. Uh, where it should just be a fair where they should be able to yeah know exactly what they have to pay every year. Absolutely. Go ahead, John. One of the biggest things I've seen, you know, we, we just talked about the loss of refineries, Sun Philly, Marcus Hawk, Eagle Point, Hess Station, uh, partial closure at Paulsboro. You know, you know when you're starting to really feel it right now? I mean, every time you see a, a hurricane or something pass through, 10 years ago, you didn't worry about gas shortages. We're at a minimal right now. Every time you see or hear about a hurricane, gas shortage. We're out of gas. We're going to be out of gas. You never had issues like that because you always had the additional product. Right, and right. That's why you can see we're at bare bones refining capacity in the United States. We're losing more and more every day. Yeah, there's so many confusing things going on. Well, listen, uh, I, I want to thank Dave Bobin, uh, member of Boilermakers Local 13, obviously, and, and uh, superintendent uh, over there at the Delaware City Refinery for joining us. Dave, uh, we appreciate your time, man. Keep doing the, the, the good work you're doing there. And, uh, you know, where, where the rubber meets the road, man, that's, that's, that's what makes it happen. And, and we appreciate your time, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. And keep fighting the fight. I'm, I'm there to help you. If you need again, I'll be glad to come on. But uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks, John. John Bland.
I'll talk to you soon. You got Bye it. Well, listen, um, you know that uh, you got you know got some good men and women there, John, and 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 certainly um, proud of, of of the work they do at the refinery, and they do a fantastic job. Um, you got to make you proud. Like I said, we want to keep it going, and we want to keep these refineries going. You know, like I said, we can't we can't go for another hiccup. We lost that refinery uh, about eleven years ago. They got it back. If we lose these refineries, they're not going to be coming back. And Absolutely. it's just going to be in more imported products. So exactly. I know that Senator Coons is going to have a lot to say, and I appreciate everything that he's doing with this uh, future legislation that they may be coming up with. Absolutely. And that, that's what we need. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, we're going to have uh, Senator Chris Coons from Delaware uh, on the program after this break. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause in the driver's seat for Krause. This is Jay Doc holiday special, Boilermakers special talking about the renewable fuel standard, uh, something that could potentially uh, devastate our workforce uh, and, and, and devastate uh, our, our, our refineries and, and, and impact uh, and is impacting uh, our consumers at, at the fuel pump. But we're very fortunate uh, because there are a select group of our political leaders that care very deeply for our workers, obviously uh, for our consumers. And uh, I'm ecstatic to bring on to the uh, program Senator Chris Coons from Delaware. Uh, Senator, how are you, sir? Doing great, J-Doc. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the chance to join you and Krause to talk about these important issues. Absolutely. And, and we also have uh, uh, John Bland on the line from Boogermakers Local 13, who's uh, you know been shouting out your, your, your praises throughout the broadcast. Because if, 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 <laughs> Thanks, if, John. If, if, if it wasn't for you and, of course, uh, you know, Senator Casey and, and, and uh, Representative Scanlon Boyle and Norcross uh, and Fitzpatrick, we'd, we'd be in trouble. I mean, we, you know, if you would talk about uh, the uh, legislation that you're introducing, uh, it, uh, you know, the, to lower the cost credits for the renewable fuel standard uh, in order to, you know, keep things going. So um, as I as I expect you've probably been talking about on this show tonight uh, for members, for folks who are listening, the renewable fuel standard goes back to like 2005. And it says that anybody who's selling fuel in the United States has to blend a certain amount of ethanol or advanced biofuels in it. And for the merchant refiners, which are the ones we're particularly concerned about, uh, Paulsboro and Monroe, and uh, for me in particular, Delaware City, the PBF refinery, um, that means they have to go out and buy these things called RINs. Um, and RINs, which are renewable identification numbers, completely artificial creation of federal law. This law was supposed to produce more and more and more advanced biofuels. It hasn't done that. The EPA has set the level for how much you're supposed to blend uh, the last couple of years well above production. And so these refiners, um, great employers of union labor in Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, have to go out on the marketplace and buy RINs. Um, it costs, a, I think it's at a buck ninety-one a RIN now, um, and that imposes an operating cost, basically an anchor 
uh, around the refineries um, that's over a billion dollars. Um, the bill that I'm working up with Bobby Casey, and you mentioned them, uh, Mary Gay Scanlon, Brendan Boyle, Don Norcross, uh, we are, and uh, Congressman Fitzpatrick as well, um, we are going to impose a price cap and say to the EPA um, that you need to find a way uh, to, to keep the prices of RINs affordable. Um, and that, frankly, would generate a new source of revenue. These uh, RINs would be dedicated um, to, you know, advancing biofuels, uh, restoring uh, habitat, uh, but bluntly uh, putting a cap on the price so that, you know, we don't have to have this up and down and up and down for the refinery. And we don't have to have folks we care about worrying about uh, their jobs and whether or not the refineries are going to be sustainable for the long term. How, how did it get so out of control? I mean, they started at six, I think six cents. So it took a long time for this situation to get this out of hand. Um, and the... Excuse me, I'm on a train. There's an announcement behind me. That's okay. That's okay. We're on live radio. No problem. Live radio, it's the best. (laughs) Um, You know, look, the first couple of years, the price was not that big a deal. But as time went on um, and the the law had higher and higher amounts of biofuels that were supposed to be produced, um, the only thing that was being produced was ethanol. It's a fairly complex law. It's got a bunch of different categories for different types of fuels. But when you when the EPA set the annual production level above what is actually being produced, right. that makes the price of RINs go through the roof. And, you know, look, bluntly, I was very disappointed. I was upset um, this past week when the latest numbers came out. Um, we had a very, I thought, constructive meeting in Delaware uh, with our building trades. Um, I got the Secretary of Energy to come. Um, the, uh, the president's uh, climate advisor, and the secretary of labor, Marty Walsh. Secretary Walsh has been really good on this. He has been pushing and pushing for a fair and balanced resolution to it. Um, what I've been told when I reached out to these agencies in the White House to say, what the heck is this about? You know, this wasn't the result I was hoping for, expecting that the delegation in Delaware was working for The answer was, well, we're starting a rulemaking over the next six months. Make sure you put in comments. Make sure you talk about how uh, these RINs prices are impacting refineries. The thing I'm upset about is that means we have six more months at least of where high RINs prices are are putting a downward pressure on the refineries. Um, And and I'm, I'm frankly out of patience. So that's why Senator Casey and I are working on a bill to introduce to make it clear there's two paths. And if this rulemaking does, in fact, finally address the issue, um, does, in fact, finally come up with a path forward that is sustainable for our refineries, great. If it doesn't, we're going to start pushing legislation um, because, you know, I've been saying for too many years, we're going to fix this, we're going to fix this, we're going to fix this. we got to get this done. Uh, I get calls, I get letters, I get emails from building trades members from Delaware and the region all the time we got to fix this instability. It's, it's just not acceptable. We, we had Congressman Norcross on the program a couple times on this issue, and I, and I posed to him the question, uh, what do his colleagues think? And his answer was very interesting. He said, a lot of our political leaders don't understand it. This is an incredibly, 
I had, I've had Brendan Williams from PBF Energy try to, you know, kind of put a tutorial together. And, you know, he you know, has it on lockdown. He's a genius, the guy. But it's such a complicated issue. Congressman Norcross said a lot of his uh, uh, colleagues in the Congress don't understand it. I think that's right. Um, look, it's a it's a statutory creation. You know, the, the law that was passed uh, 17 years ago that first put in place this renewable fuel standard was well-intentioned. Uh, it was trying to reduce our reliance on foreign oil and to encourage the creation of homegrown, sustainable energy uh, and to make that part of our energy mix. I, you know, I understand that. Um, it, it's just that over time, it's gotten more and more complex. It's been a bigger and bigger drag on our refineries. I hear from folks all the time about the price they pay at the pump. Thank God the price of gas is coming down a little bit. Um, but, you know, this is a way we could quickly give some relief to folks at the pump, give certainty to the men and women who work at our refineries. And at a time when we don't have enough refinery capacity in our country, we cannot afford to have any more refineries close. Um, so we need to take this away as a source of steady risk to the operating refineries of the Delaware River. John Bland, you want to uh, jump in there? Senator Coons, thank you very much, sir. But I'll tell you what, you're 100% right. And this is the time to do it. This is when the program sunsets, when changes can be made directly from the EPA. Everything is handed over to them now. Without modification, this pro- proposal creates further uncertainty for workers in PA, Delaware, and across the nation. It's going to affect everybody. So we've got to keep fighting this fight. Thank you. I agree, and thank you for reaching out. Um, you know, one of the other ways this is complicated and I probably shouldn't spend too much time on the point of delegation issue, but if you're, you know, Dell City, if you're the PBF refinery, um, that's all that business does. They just refine, you know, petroleum to finish product. They don't explore, they don't drill, they don't sell at the, you know, they don't have gas stations, and that makes this program harder for them. It doesn't hurt the big integrated producers, your ExxonMobil's, your BPs, they're able to absorb these costs and they're able to shift them. Um, but part of how this program works uniquely impacts merchant refineries like the three that we are most concerned about. One of the problems is that also means, you know, there's not a huge constituency. Um, it's not every refinery in the country that gets hit by this. Um, so we need to look for allies and partners. Uh, but to the other point, you know, when I've talked to farm state colleagues of mine, Democratic senators who represent, you know, the Midwest uh, states that grow a lot of corn and that are very big supporters of the RFS. They don't really understand it either. When I walk through with them, the impact on our refineries, they disagree with me. They said, oh, that's not real. That's not really how it works. Pushing through this legislation, having a conversation and fighting for the men and women of the uh, Delaware Bay and the Delaware River. And, you know, it's interesting. We talked to... uh Adam Gattuso over at at, um, at Monroe, and he's and they did uh, they did sort of like a, a calculation. They're connected, even though they're they're, they're smaller uh, merchant refineries, to a thousand businesses and uh, organizations across the country. So this impacts not only the workforce but a, a number of individuals. Uh, Senator, uh, I know you're you're on a train, and 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 I, I know this is a busy time, but we just want to thank you for your efforts. And, and, and what you're doing uh, and, 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 and tell you that you know, obviously we support you and we appreciate uh, your support on the issue. Um, you know, we're here if you need us. 
Thank you. We're going to have a lot of work to do together to get this done. To John, to Krause, to you, J-Doc, thank you for a chance to be on. I hear the men and women of Delaware who have reached out to me about this over and over, and I look forward to working with you to get this done. Senator Chris Coons, thank you so much, sir. Take care. Yeah, listen, I, I, it's been a phenomenal show, John. And, we, you know, I mean, you're doing a great job on behalf of your members. Uh, we, we obviously want to thank uh, Brendan Williams and Adam Gattuso and everybody at uh, PB, PBF and, and, and Monroe uh, Energy uh, for doing a great job. A, a shout-out to Dave Bobin. And, again, we want to thank, uh, of course, Senator Chris Coons. And, and on behalf of everybody, on behalf of Krause uh, and, and John Bland, who was our co-host tonight, thanks for joining this on the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause. Have a great week, everyone. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.